Yo, everybody, and welcome once again. Well, damn it, no, not once again. It's the first episode. I got to do that again. I've been doing <laughs> See, all these intros. That's so charming, though. It's so charming <laughs> that you mess that up. You should cut that stuff out. Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Yo, everybody, and welcome to the first official episode of Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast where we take a look at the cultural impact of everybody's favorite nuclear family, the Simpsons. And to introduce this first episode, I have a special guest, my friend, Yardley Smith. Hello, Yardley. Hi, Warren. You're the best. I'll listen <laughs> to that podcast. Hey, well, you the cultural significance of this show that I've been on for uh, more than half my life. There you go. Since I was born, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the the reason I wanted to have you on just for a few minutes to introduce this uh, episode of the podcast, which is originally an Instagram live interview that we did on your birthday. And uh, honestly, it's the reason I'm even doing this podcast in the first place. So I want to thank you uh, by doing this little intro with you to, uh, to bring it in. I'm honored to be the first episode. It was a terrific interview that we did on my birthday. You're a great interviewer. Like you, oh. for me, and I've done a lot of interviews and I tweeted that out because it's true. Um, when we first, you first put the interview out on the social medias and, uh, you know, for me, the best, interviews are there the person asking the questions usually has a list of questions but they are also able to listen to the answer i give and, and then it leads to an actual conversation to me those are the most interesting interviews to listen to they're also the most interesting to give and you do that in spades you have a deep deep knowledge of the show which is also incredible and incredibly flattering you are really fun and wonderful and open and funny to talk to so to all your listeners who are um just tuning in to the simpsons is greater than you are in for a treat because bard of darkness our man warren is the real deal i actually think this is going to be a great success i'm so happy for you um, if, if there was a better endorsement on planet earth, um, please someone point me to it because I am just, that is, I'm going to save that soundbite and listen to it every day. Um, you know what? It, I, it's my gift to you, but I really, really mean it. And I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm known for my tact, but I don't give out compliments if I don't mean them. Wow. So I really was greatly impressed by you. Wow. Well, that, that means more to me than, than you will ever know, Yardley. And I guess what I really want to know is how have you been since the interview? How, how have you been these last couple of uh, months here? Uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think I have pandemic fatigue. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I mean, as we all do, it <laughs> is. Uh, and I think I joked when we had our interview that I'm a homebody, but this is a lot. It is a lot. Uh, but there's also something, um, you know, summer you want to feel freer. You usually get a little time off. And I don't know, the last few weeks, there's been a real ebb and flow to my good mood. Mostly the ebb, less yeah. of the flow. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand. And I, I think I'm in the exact same boat. But, you know, what better time to start a podcast? So. One, I will say, you know, two things. I'm incredibly grateful that The Simpsons has figured out a way to stay in production through this horrible pandemic. You have no idea, like all of show business is shut down. And so voiceover has been really the saving grace. And I love the show and I love my character. Um, And... Two, I, I as we talked about on on the in the interview as well, I co-host a true crime podcast called Small Town Dicks, and I have to say, 
you know, never to capitalize on, on people's um, uh, dire times, but we all are in search of things to engage us and take our minds off of whatever the day-to-day struggles are, whether it's TV shows we never had a chance to binge or podcasts that we, you know, haven't had a chance to listen to. And so you're right. It's a great time to launch a new podcast. And as I said, but it's really, honestly, you know, because people ask us, our podcast is quite successful. Like, how did you do it? And it's many, many things. But at the end of the day, you can drive people to your podcast, but you won't keep them if your show isn't good. And I feel like your, again, your deep knowledge of The Simpsons and your genuine interest and your granular attention to detail of our show will, first of all, inform fans that aren't as well informed about the show that includes me as you are (laughs) and two the ones who are as well informed about the show i think will find a real kindred kindred spirit in that level of appreciation and so i think like i said it's a great time to launch but i also think you'll be able to keep your audience quite handily well, I really hope so. And you guys heard Yardley. I mean, if you guys want to argue with Yardley, that's fine. But she... you don't. You don't want to argue <laughs> with Lisa Simpson. I'm 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 not political on Twitter, but every so often I am. And if you're Mike Pompeo, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down. One hundred percent, as as it should be. Um, well, season thirty-two starts soon, and I you know I can't wait. Obviously, uh, is there anything cool that you can tell us about this season? Just as a little nugget. Uh, it's a miracle that we have a season, um, again, just because all of production is shut down and we've really managed to uh, sort of pull this rabbit out of hat. Um, but because we're not in our usual environment the way we record, um, I feel like I'm less privy to the the micro details, like who they actually are going to get to guest star on shows, because usually... We'll record all together like an old radio play with the exception of Hank and Harry who live in different places. Um, And then during the record, we'll be like, oh, who are you going to get to play this part who's not somebody we've ever seen in Springfield before? And then we get, you know, sort of smattering of names that they're hoping um, to maybe lasso. But I haven't had any of those conversations, so... Wow. Sadly, the answer is no. That's my way of trying to get out of telling you I'm I'm a great disappointment. <laughs> I know no, shit. I always joke that I find everything out about my show on Twitter. It's not even a joke. Well, that's okay. You know what? I would <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change that answer. It was too good. Well, again, you know, we have a an interview to to listen to. So, uh, is there anything that you have coming up that you want to plug before we uh, get it rolling? Yeah, you're so kind. Um, My podcast that I co-host, the True Crime Podcast, Small Town Dicks, actually the new season starts on September 4th. So that is in a very short time. And it's it's an excellent season. If for people who don't know, all of the cases on the podcast are told by the detectives who investigated them. So it's a really interesting behind the scenes, again, quite granular look at detective work and sort of the day-to-day, how do you get all the dominoes to fall into place so that, you know, justice is served? So um, I co-host with identical twin detectives, which sounds impossible, but they're actually, it's a true thing. It's a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Yardley, I I can't say thank you enough for popping in here and doing this intro with me. And uh, I think everyone's going to love this interview that hasn't heard it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll it now. Thanks again. You're awesome, Warren. I really am so proud of you. So pleased for you. Um, and I want to, here's, your listeners can't see us, but I've noticed this thing that I now do because I co-host podcasts as well. I call it the pod nod mm-hmm. where you, and I'm watching <laughs> you do it. And it's when you're the person you're having a conversation with is talking and you want to acknowledge that you're listening, but you don't want to interrupt them and overlap them because that can be an editing nightmare. It can also sound messy. So um, I'm giggling at us both doing the pod nod. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. So uh, without any further ado, here's my Yardley Smith interview. Enjoy the episode. Bravo.
Hey, there we are. There hey! We are. What's up, Yardley? What if I do that? No, that's not as good. Okay. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How about you? I'm great. How was your birthday? That's so the far, important so question. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thanks for doing this on. Out. Thanks for doing this on your birthday. Oh, I'm. So, listen, I'm. I feel truly one of the things that floors me every year is that thousands of strangers take the time out of their day and feel compelled to wish me a happy birthday. Like that's that, that doesn't happen special. to everybody, and it is yeah. extraordinary. Every time. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, I feel like it's my birthday because this is great. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is awesome. Um, so, you know, I told everyone in the last one, we'll, we'll do some questions. We'll show off some cells, some cool. Lisa toys. I got a nice little pile. Um, and then I got a couple fan questions. We'll try to take some in the comments if we can. That's okay. kind of hard, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. some major multitasking. If you can. Read the comments and and be the moderator. You know, I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good, but we're gonna see. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's awesome. We're we're gonna we're gonna try. Um. So you know why not? Let's just. Oh, that is so bright. Let me turn that down. My (laughs) iPad is blinding me. Um. So you know, I I think we're gonna just jump right in, and I think we're gonna start off with a deep one because this is the kind of stuff that everyone wants to know about Yardley. Um. What is your all-time favorite food? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it's funny you ask that because it's for years it's been a toss-up between cake and bread and butter. And when I was in my 20s, it was cake hands down. But I have come to have a real appreciation for a beautiful toasted piece of bread with some butter. And I, and I tried it. If I was like on a desert island, I think even I might get sick of cake and that's a tall order, <laughs> but bread and butter, I don't think so. Not ever. Bread and butter. That is, that is such an interesting answer. I mean, I love <laughs> bread and butter. So I mean, I mean, you, super you simple pizza too, though. And so my quarantine baking, um, uh, sort of, uh, mastery was pizza crust. Wow. Homemade pizza crust. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a good baker, but I'm not a, I don't make bread. You know, you I've never done that. And pizza, this pizza dough, you have to, I mean, it's pretty simple, but you have, you have to knead it, then it rises, then you knead it again, then it rises some more. So, and now I'm, I'm quite, I'm pretty good. Wow. Pretty good, Warren. Wow. Pretty good. My my wife and I made a lot of pizza in this quarantine as well, but we didn't make the dough from scratch. We were lazy. But pizza, fair, really, fair. really fun to you make. You just don't really think of it until <laughs> you're locked in your house for three and a half months. Until you have so much time. Well, so my next question, another really important one was, did you have cake today? And what kind was it if you did? <laughs> um, I did have a, a vanilla vanilla cupcake which my assistant uh, dropped off at the at the back kitchen door. Um, and here's the thing about vanilla cupcake. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't fake vanilla. So no. if a bakery makes a good vanilla cake with a good vanilla buttercream, yeah. that bakery actually might know what they're doing. Yeah, wow. It's, it's the purest of the pure flavors. Like you can't. You know, like chocolate, there are a lot of variations of chocolate. I love chocolate. Right. But vanilla is sort of, you have to really be, um, you have to be really good at what you're doing in, with the, with the sugar arts. Right. Yeah. I prefer, I prefer a vanilla, like a lighter. I'm, I like chocolate, but when it comes to cake, I like, you know, vanilla cake or coconut cake. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Okay, so keeping it important here right at the start, I'm giving you some softballs. Cat person or dog person? I think I know the cat answer. Cat person. I have two cats. That's fantastic. Now, Zipper and, and I don't, You know, I don't not like dogs, but I will say when I was a kid, um, and I used to spend, my grandparents had a house in Massachusetts mm-hmm. on Cape Ann, which is about an hour north of Boston, and it's supposed to Cape Cod, which is like an hour south. And um, I went there for many summers. And 
you know, I'm, so I'm 56 today. So I was born in 64. So when I was there, I was like 1974. Children ran around like lunatics and so did dogs. <laughs> like nobody was on a leash. And so these dogs, I would be out in the little village or in this tiny little village and they would jump all over me because I was tiny and they were like, yay! And it scared <laughs> the shit out of me. So I think I, like I said, I don't dislike dogs. I just sort of have this little bit of a, a fear, a holdover fear. Right. Well, I, you know, I famously, well, famously, no one knows me. I love cats. I don't know. You got like a billion followers. <laughs> no. I, so I have always liked cats more than dogs. Even when I was a kid, we had, I grew up with a bunch of cats and we had, you know, dogs too, but cats all the way. I, I'm a big, big cat guy. Um, and I always feel like people who say cats are aloof has never, has never actually had a cat. No. I'm not kidding you that even before quarantine, my cats, whenever I was home, they follow me around. I'm like, don't you sleep? Where, oh, right. where, why aren't you sleeping 18 hours a day? Like, I can't get anything done. Right. So and now they, that they we're all forever. working from home, <laughs> and I, if we're lucky, Zipper, actually one of the cats will show up like, oh, are you doing something important on a <laughs> video sort of Zoom IG live setup? Let me walk across the camera for you. Right in front of the camera. Absolutely. Always. Yeah. That's my wife deals with that all the time working from home. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. Uh, so can you remember, we'll get into some more serious questions. Can you remember the moment that you realized just how big the Simpsons was going to be? Like, was there a moment where you're like, wow, this is, this is really something. I don't think it's, it's a very interesting question because when you, when I've heard, um, interviews with rock bands, they will often say, you know, we were kicking around for five, ten years, whatever, doing our thing. And then all of a sudden, we heard that there were thousands of tickets being sold. And then all of a sudden, we were backstage and we could hear the roar of the crowd. And it was, and that was when we went, oh, wow, <laughs> like this is legit, right? Right. You know, on our show, because you, we aren't, it's not live and you actually don't even see the actors for the most part now, of course, much more, but back in the day, no, um, there wasn't a real, there wasn't like a singular moment, but I will say that when we went to half hour, half hour episodes from the Tracy Ullman little shorts to the half hour episodes, I remember two things. I remember hearing the scuttlebutt in town because Fox was such a new network. The other three networks are like, I don't know if you can swear on IG Live. I think you can. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay. The other <laughs> other networks are like, who the fuck are you? Get out of here. There are all these three major networks. You are like, and we don't like you. Um, and they didn't have very many shows. And, and there hadn't been an animated show on primetime since the Flintstones. So everybody said, this is bullshit. It'll never fly. Don't even worry about it. And, and if you've read Mike Reese's book, you know, um, around um, right. Springfield Confidential. Mm -hmm. He talks about even the writers being told by Sam Simon, don't worry, it won't ruin your career because nobody will ever see it. Right. And then I do remember because we were a mid-season replacement. So we had 1989 Christmas special and then the next 12 episodes were at the beginning of 1990. And mm -hmm. it hit so big. And then that whole year, like 1990, was when they, Fox, you know, there, there are no dummies. When, oh, <laughs> really? Cash cows? So they started to crank out all this merchandise, like t-shirts and mostly t-shirts. Um, so many t-shirts. And you could, I could be out in the world and see a whole crowd, like a whole family of people wearing Simpsons t-shirts. And they didn't know I was the voice of Lisa Simpson. It was like being a fly on the wall. That's so, that's, I mean, I, I can't imagine that. Well, I, you know, I didn't put this question on here, but I imagine, has there, has there ever been a time where someone heard you in a place and said, you know, wait a minute, are you, are you Lisa? Oh yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I sound so much like her. This is me. This is so Lisa similar. Simpson. It's just not that far apart. Right. <laughs> so it happens quite a bit. And I think there's a, um, there's a kind of, uh, a, a quality to my voice. I'm told my voice, um, is set very far forward here. Mm -hmm. And so, 
uh, I, I always wish on the rare occasions that I'm sick and can't go to work, uh, somebody fills in for me. It's usually now Chris Edgerly who fills in for all the guys and does all sorts of incidental voices on our show. And, oh, wow. um, he's amazing and he does a lot of video games. And, uh, so, but he'll do me and, but even before him, Tress McNeil often used to do me. And Tress can do anything. And she even would say, I don't know, Yardley, it's, you're really, you're the hardest one to do because your voice is so nasally and oddly distinctive. I'm like, thank you, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've heard Tress do Bart and she's so close. So good. So close. It's, I mean, it's, really, I mean, it's Tress almost indistinguishable. Absolutely. She's such a chameleon. She's so brilliantly talented, which is why she does, you know, pretty much every cartoon all of us have ever watched. Right. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, that was the next question really is when you first heard that they were being picked up as a half hour sitcom, were you surprised? Were you, were you like, what was, what was your reaction or did you sort of see it coming towards the end of Tracy Ullman? I, you know, I'm, I never see anything coming. <laughs> I really am. I think, um, Nancy Cartwright would tell you that she saw it coming. And then she would, Nancy has always, she's a tremendous optimist. And so she's always said, like, oh, I, I think we're gonna, I remember, I feel like I remember in, season 10 her saying we could go for 20 seasons and i was like <laughs> you're out of your mind like nothing right. goes for 20 seasons right but i do remember when we got picked up i i was just you know as an actor you you are constantly looking for a job and the simpsons got picked up the same year that herman's head launched as a sitcom on fox very true. And so I, that was like the busiest three years while Herman's head only was three seasons. And I was so happy. I was, you know, I used to really, um, sort of hang my value on how busy and productive I was, which is children don't do that. Right. <laughs> this is a cautionary tale. Um, Good advice. you know, it's, it's, I don't, I, at 100%, you should have goals and you should, you know, set the bar high, touch the bar, keep raising the bar, don't ever give up. But, um, to, to attach your identity to your job, um, is a really risky proposition because at sure. some point you probably won't be able, you might not have that job. And then what? Then who are you? Then you'll have an identity crisis. So, you know, as actors, and at that point, let's see, 19, 1990, uh, well, how, are you good at math, Warren? I was 24? Uh, I'm, I'm a... 20... Yeah. 1964. I was like 26. Yeah. 26. 26. So, right. but I'd already been doing The Simpsons for two years, so, um, <clears throat> but I'd already been in the business for almost a decade. So, I, you know, I just was really happy to be... Working now, there. I also have famously said um, that I didn't. I didn't care about voiceover. I didn't want to. I didn't give a shit about that. That was not how I was going to achieve world domination. <laughs> so I was. I really loved my character, but in terms of, is this job going to move the needle for me? I in no way thought. Oh, go, oh, oh! It really is. No, right. it took me <laughs> ten years, probably. To go, okay, all right, and I and again, I, that has so much to do with it's it's it was multifaceted. First of all, there's still kind of this this kind of whisper campaign in show business that voiceover isn't really acting; that it's kind of a subset of the art. Ooh. That it's it's less than that. You're like people still say to me, "Oh, you just do voices, right?" Um, and you're like, "Really, just?" Because, so I was watching the, um, I'm a member of the Television Academy because it won an Emmy um, in 92, which was great and such, so fun. Um, and so I now was watching everybody's little clip reel for uh, animation, right? For the character right. voices in animation. I'm telling you, 
they are not all the same. It is, there are good and there are not good. And then there oh. are extraordinary. And so this, but I too bought into this idea that voiceover was kind of the, you know, ugly stepchild of the acting, um, the acting profession. And so that kept me out of enjoying a lot of my success, which had nothing to do with, um, not loving my character. Like that was quite separate. I really loved Lisa, but the job itself, I was like, God. And there were other things that were happening too. Like my on-camera career had started to really stall and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh no, no. Right. Like it was, I couldn't really, I couldn't reconcile a lot of things. And again, I think it's just because I had attached my, so much of my identity and my worth to my success, which skyrocketed at the beginning of my career and then leveled off like, like life, right? Like right. life. Like life. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Well, I mean, you know, I can imagine when you have, a, you know, a background and, and doing a lot of acting and then you switch over to doing just, you know, to doing voices. I'm sure you it is a bit of a transition. <laughs> I, no, no. no. <laughs> I, well, it's, it is very different, I'm sure, to make that jump, you know, to make that transition and to accept it as such a big thing uh, when it's just, you know. I think the acceptance, you know, if, if, if we in my profession place so much value on people knowing your face, right? Right. Knowing your name so that, you know, there, it's such a double edged sword. Oh, you're so famous that the paparazzi waits at the bottom of your driveway. Good for you. And then at this, but at the same time, you have no life, right? That doesn't happen to me. Um, but in terms of acting, it's, I don't find it that different. Like, I do not feel as though I put any less of my heart and soul and, um, mind and intention into Lisa Simpson than I would if I was on stage on Broadway or in front of the camera for a film or television, like a sitcom or something. Um, you. Uh oh. Little connection, little connection bug there. Okay, that's fucked up. That kicked, it kicked me out. It just uh. kicked me out. I was in the middle of it, like, gobbing off, and it just went, thank you for joining Bard of Darkness. I'm like, you, ah! You froze oh, up gosh. for a second there, and it, it just, it just, it just went away. Um, um, I'm trying to think where you were. You said. Oh, I was just saying that it's not that different for me to, um, oh, right. put my heart and soul and, and tensions and, into Lisa Simpson than it is in any other form of acting. You know, the, I, I don't get as nervous. I used to get, uh, I, I, I get actually much less nervous now when we did the Hollywood bowl. So the Simpsons were at the Hollywood bowl for three nights about mm -hmm. six years ago now, come yeah. August. And, uh, uh 18,000 people each night sold out. I was Crazy. on cloud nine. I was not nervous at all. Like I was excited, but right. I wasn't afraid. Well, I, I totally, you know, I will say um, that when you listen to anyone sort of analyze the Simpsons, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of the podcasts, it's pretty common for them to say like, you know, Yardley just really, you know, gave it her all in this scene. This is just really this and that, you know, and I, I think that shines through. I mean, you look at, Obviously, the episode that I think of immediately when I say that is Lisa Substitute, which I would say, you know, on par with any acting I've ever heard or seen or anything. So, you know, I'll just tell you that right now. One of my absolute favorite things to ever exist is that episode. Um, and it was really cool when I met Mike Reese. He was telling me how Mr. Bergstrom was designed to look like him. And I, I never knew that for some reason. I didn't know that either. Which is so funny. Uh, and when you know it, it it's definitely, it definitely uh, is it's Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here, here's one. How much influence would you say that you have had over Lisa over the years? And on the flip side, how much influence has she had on you? Would you say? Um, it's a, it's a good question. I, I can say, speaking for myself, that Lisa Simpson has had a tremendous effect on me. Like she, 
her, I, you know, I, I, I said this on Twitter actually last week. Somebody had asked me uh, if I if I thought of Lisa sort of separately from myself, or uh, and 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 the long and the short of it was yes, I do. And then once in a while, I sort of remind myself that I'm also. 33 and a third percent of the creation of that wonderful little being, right? Absolutely. Um, but so I admire, so when she, when I look at her, when I see her, when I, when I see her on television more than when I read her words on the page, I'm so struck by her resilience and her optimism and her kindness and her compassion and even if she gets impatient, then she self-corrects, you know. She's sort of all the best parts of a human being, I feel. Um, as far as my having any influence on Lisa, I, I do, there must be some, because I feel so deeply connected to her. You know, right. it, there, is, there isn't, in some ways, it's not like playing a character. In some ways, it's like, getting a chance to sort of step inside the a heart and a mind that feels very familiar. Right. But I've also heard that Lisa Simpson really is all of the writers. So they're working out all of their um, therapy hours through Lisa Simpson. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. All their, thanks all their, for all their frustrations with, yeah. Uh, yeah. with, with everyday because life. They were always, you know, even growing up, they were the smartest kids in the room. They sure. often say, like, oh, I didn't have that many friends. I was bullied. I didn't know where I fit in. And that's all of the things that Lisa Simpson is. It's true. She's, I mean, you know, I've told you this before. She's my favorite animated character ever, um, <laughs> hands down, which is, I, I'm sure that's mostly a testament to you. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. So, um there's just something about a character like Lisa that speaks to reality um, in, a, in a very unrealistic show that I think speaks to a lot of people. And I think people sort of have grown up with that and sort of grown up with Lisa, um, sort of been on the same journey. So that's, it's very special. Very special. I agree. Um, so you did, you did a Simpsons Sunday a while ago. I, I love those, by the way. Thank you. Um, please don't ever stop doing those. Um, <laughs> Where you made a drink called the Lizard Queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Lizard Queen seems to be a favorite Lisa moment for a lot of people. I feel like that's like a very, you know, it's going to be high on the list for almost anyone. Yeah. Um, where does that rank for you? And do you have a few moments along with that that are sort of special to you that you think of immediately when you think of Lisa? Yes. You know, I, I do think that one of the i think the success of that moment has so much to do with the fact that lisa simpson even as an 8 year old even as a kid who doesn't have any friends who feels like she's she's not really sure she fits into her own family all of these right. sort of challenges is incredibly put together you know again like she's compassionate she's resilient she's um funny she's uh she never seems to be at a loss for words, all those things. So when you take her out of her comfort zone or, you know, make her a mess, it's so satisfying because then you feel like, oh, my God, she's like me. Right. And so <laughs> anytime they take Lisa Simpson out of her comfort zone and make her have to struggle with not being the best, I think, is are great moments, great episodes. Uh, yeah. Another one is uh, Lisa on Ice, oh. you know, yeah. where she's so terrible in gym class. And then, of course, she's, you know, faces off with Bart on the hockey, uh, in the hockey rink. Um, and she surprises herself that she's quite good at it. Right. There's the episode where we it's a parody of um or a nod to the red shoes where the you put on the red shoes and you can't stop dancing <laughs> i can't remember what it's called um and she's and her teacher is so mean to her and she's terrible at it um and you see her sort of stumble around it's great i mean another one that i actually really really love is um lisa's date with density oh, where she so gets good. a crush on nelson oh so and good <laughs> that with or or the episode where she befriends Sideshow Bob. Again, oh, now you have two characters who've been taken out of their comfort zones 
and find a place to meet in the middle. And I think that sort of, that structure for storytelling never gets old, especially no. if you've already attached to your characters. People are like, yes, oh my God. And they <laughs> want to sort of see how you're going to get out of it because even though she's animated at eight years old, and she's been eight years old for a hundred years and will continue to be, um, right. there is, I think people, to your point, they feel as though she exists very much in a three-dimensional way, the way you and I do. And so to see her prevail in an uncomfortable situation is kind of um, life-affirming. Right. No, that's awesome. It's also I incredibly funny to see an eight-year-old just get <laughs> completely drunk on the water of <laughs> a, an amusement park ride. So <laughs> funny. I, I, I agree with everyone you said. Those would all make my list. Um, the only one I would add probably is uh, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. Um, I'm a huge Bill Oakley fan as well. I think that episode yeah. is just so fantastic. He's the best. Um, really, really great message in that episode. So, so good. Um, so you've done a lot of singing as Lisa over the years. And I know performing and singing was in your background well before the show. <laughs> and so, you know, I have to ask, what was it like to work on something like Simpsons Sing the Blues? How, what is your memory like of, of recording those songs? Was that weird? Um, I will say, first of all, I sing so much as Lisa Simpson, and I have so about much. a four-note range to <laughs> sing as the character. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm so, sure. What was so to that point when we did Simpsons Sing the Blues? First of all, it was a complete. It was a dream setup. It was. I don't know anybody who, at some point, even secretly, somehow doesn't want to be a rock star even for a day, right? Sure. right? And I had never done anything like that. And one of the things that was so sort of like was where you could you could you could see how people who even can't sing very well would sort of start to believe their own press is when you put those headphones on and you have all the best equipment and they're you know piping the music through the headphones and you can hear yourself and you sound like fucking good dude you're <laughs> like what this is impossible so but at the same time in order to hit the notes that are beyond my four note range as lisa simpson they gave me a lot of rope they gave me a lot of you know latitude i have good pitch as a singer but and I did train when I was much younger, but it's like anything. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so, right. um, you know, I, here's an example. When we did that episode with Lady Gaga, mm -hmm. who comes through town, and then we sing a duet, thank God I did not have to sing with Lady Gaga in front <laughs> of Lady Gaga. Like, they recorded her stuff, and then I came in and did my part as Lisa Simpson. But... I, I was like, you guys are so mean. This is, I can't, like, what? It is, it is like asking, you know, um, a third grade soccer player to keep up with the, you know, professionals in the whatever. Like, you just, in Manchester United, you just go, don't do that. It's so mean. <laughs> So if I'm just singing by myself, you're like, yeah, that's pretty good for a character, you know, animated character. If you're asking me to sing next to somebody who actually does that, <laughs> I don't uh, want to no, part you're, of that. You're, you're, you're too modest. You're too <laughs> modest. I, I think I think the songs that Lisa sings on, on, on Sing the Blues, and obviously, you know, the the – the real reason most people bought that record were the Bart songs because Bart was just, you know. 100%. But all the songs that Lisa is on, I mean, you almost just sound like Yardley on a couple of them. It's great. Well, that's I mean, the point. See, yeah. that's the point. Because to sing as Lisa Simpson, I have to sort of squeeze my throat off. And it's <laughs> completely counterintuitive to singing. That would be so hard. I can't believe it. I love, I love that. That's so funny. Um, well, do you, do you have a favorite song that you sing as Lisa? Um, by any chance? That's a good question. Um, I did recently sing, um, maybe this time, uh, which is a song from Cabaret. And, uh, it was in the, um, the, uh, Warring Priests mm -hmm. episode. I think it was part two or maybe it was part one. I forget. Um, I, 
I quite like singing that. I do know though that people really love um, the they love the classical jazz mm -hmm. song and the and the the protest song. Is that the same one? No, no, it's different, no. right? It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, as you can see, my favorites. <laughs> I sort of you know I don't. I also have this thing where I don't watch things more than once. So. Why, why is that, you think? Um, Just so you don't obsess over the episode? <laughs> sometimes. And and I also think it's sort of, it's more an obsession with what's not yet done. And right. so I'm like, I, I don't have time to stay here. To to It feels like stepping from side to side and just sort of being stationary as opposed to um trying to go like okay what okay what's next okay let's address that let's go toward that let's achieve that right. let's but the problem with that here's another here's another cautionary ch tale children is um you really run the risk of not being present for your own accomplishments if you're constantly focused on what's not yet done you will miss a lot of what's right in front of you that's See, Yardley's dropping knowledge on you guys. Look, I'm not look, at the, look at the knowledge she's bringing tonight. <laughs> um, can Can you guys hear my cat scratching at the door? My cat is dying to get in here. So if that if, if anyone's like, in. what is what is clawing? She will break everything in here. I can't trust <laughs> her. Um, this is a this is a no a no cat zone. Um, I have I have a lot of cats, so I, I have to be uh, I have to be careful with them in this room. Um, well, I would say the one that I think of for whatever reason, and it's actually a later one. It's season fifteen. Is when when you guys did the Avita parody? Oh yeah, where, where Lisa becomes student body president, and you do all the Avita songs. I get those songs stuck in my head every yes. time. So it's so catchy. So good. I I I can't remember if we did. I think we did a parody version of that very famous song, "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina." And here's the thing. When we do a parody version of a very famous song, they they change, you know, they'll, I don't know anything about music. I took piano for a while and I was good, notes. but I don't, I don't, you know, they'll change the, the pitch about a third or they'll change, you know, every seventh note in a bar of eight so that the problem is for singing it is if you know the song, if you're familiar with the song, you of course want to default to the original, but you can't because we didn't get the rights for that. Now you have to set, sing the stupid fucking parody version, <laughs> which you'll never learn because it's so close and not different enough. And you're just so like, close. why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so. That's so good. Ah. That's so good. I remember in that episode too, Nelson did the, the Iron Man thing where he's like the da 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 da. I always think of that too. I love um, Nelson. I love him. He's so good. Um, what is your favorite TV show other than The Simpsons and why? Oh, uh, well, I really love, um, the Great British Baking Show. So good. The, the British version of the Great British, British Baking Show, cause here they call it the Great British Bake Off, I think, or something. something yeah, something similar. Um, but I love the original, and I and I love. I think they so they have, you know, they have Paul Hollywood, and then they they had Mary Berry first, and then they had Crew. Um, I love both. I love Mary Berry and I love Crew. Um, I also watch a lot of true crime because mm -hmm. I have a yeah, true really? crime podcast that I co-host called Small Town Dicks. Wonderful. Um, if you're not listening to that, what are you guys doing? Listen to that. Yeah. What are you doing? So I'll just say as a little mini plug, uh, all of the cases on the podcast are told by the detective who investigated that case. And That's we great. have, you know, we often get suspect interviews and 911 calls. We file FOIAs for all those. So, um, and I co-host it with identical twin detectives, Dan and Dave. We never so give cool. you their last names. Um, but it's very, very good. So, but even before Definitely. that, I, I sort of loved, I really loved true crime. I, it's, I, I just, I want to know that if shit's going to go sideways, that there is a whole group of people out there who are willing to go toward things that the rest of us run from and put sure. the train back on the tracks. Absolutely. Um, and it's just obviously, you know, it's a it's a tough time for law enforcement. And I think 
and as Dan and Dave have said, you know, they it's self-inflicted. Sure. Um, but I also, I, I, I'm cautious about painting a- anyone from any group with a, a broad brush, right? Like we're all people, and for the most part, we're all doing the best we can. So I'll just leave it at that. Sure. But sure. <clears throat> no, definitely, everyone should listen to that podcast. It's really good. Um, yeah. A lot of great information, and you get to listen to Lisa tell you. <laughs> I her. swear a lot on our podcast. But also, t- to be honest, I actually don't do very much talking. I My purpose is, so Dan and Dave being um, detectives, one retired, one still active, um, I are the, really the ones who can speak to the finer points of the investigation with either our guest detective or their own investigations. I am you. Like, I'm the audience who, if you had a seat at that table, hopefully I asked the questions that you would ask. And they're all spontaneous in the moment. Like, and I have no shame about the stuff that I don't know. Like, what is that? You know, what's an Alford plea? What's a, why do you do it that way? Why can't you do it this way? And so, um, but mostly by and large, I'm just there to be dazzled and entertained by these cases and for the most part ones that you probably haven't heard before oh sure so in the um very crowded field of of uh true crime we're mm-hmm. um i'm very proud of what we do so thank you yeah. for that oh yeah that's awesome yeah I, I expect uh i expect everyone to go check that out um let's see so i've heard you talk i've heard you talk about simpsons merchandise and how there's so much of it you've never seen um you know, you guys didn't really have any sort of special hookup in that department. Uh, <laughs> um, so in, in the early 90s, especially, how often were you surprised by the amount of stuff being made? Like, did you ever just go look around and just like, you know, go to a store and think, my God, how many shirts, how many things could they possibly make? Yes, but I would say I'm more surprised later when I see things like you, you know, I see your room behind you and I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea. You know, in the 90s, I remember, you know, the Burger King um, oh, little yeah. promotional things. Sure. But it, really, unless it was on a, on unless it was a massive promotion like that, and unless we were also participating in a promo for it, we wouldn't even know. Right. So in many ways, it's sort of over the years as I meet fans, you know, when I was at Comic-Con um, last year and people show up with their stuff. I'm like, that's amazing. And um, also I love to see, uh, you know, people who make their own artwork with art. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's just extraordinary. Um, and so I'm constantly surprised. It wasn't just the 90s. It's still today where I'm no, like, I'm never, and I was in, um, I had a shoe company for about five years. I was making shoes in Italy because I have a lot of clothes and I didn't have any beautiful shoes that were comfortable enough to carry me through my day. And I was like, don't fuck <laughs> that. I can help solve this problem. I can make my own shoes. Yes. And so I, and we made them in Italy. So I go to Italy twice a year to work with the factories and correct the samples and stuff like that. And we would, I was out in the suburbs of Tuscany, you know, people were like, Oh my God, Tuscany. I'm like, it's beautiful. But let me tell you that a factory town is a factory town is a factory town. Sure. Um, but they were so nice. And we would always have lunch at the local truck stop or cafe or something like that. Right. And the Simpsons would be on at lunchtime every day, every time. And the Italian Lisa Simpson sounds quite a bit like me. The rest of the family, not as close. Not, not as, much. as much. I've listened no. to some of that, yeah. But while I was there, I bought a little, I bought a little Lisa mug. Like I bought a mug that's just this stupid little yellow mug. Like, <laughs> I was like, I never saw this. I'm going to get it. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. I mean, when I, when I was a kid, um, I mean, there's photos of me in Bart pajamas, you know, the whole, like, so I was watching from the time I was like three years old. Um, but I remember going to like JC Penney and places like that. And it just Jeez. being literally everywhere, like right. just floor to ceiling, you know? Um, so that's, it's crazy. It's, it's, yeah. it has to be next to like Star Wars, one of the most merchandise things ever. And I can tell you, I've been collecting for almost eight years and I find stuff 
every day that I've never seen. Really? So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's the it's endless. Every country has their own thing. It's just I'll I'll never have it all. I, I mean, I know that for a fact. Yeah. So. But you and um uh that guy who's mm-hmm. the, at that guy, you Shout guys are mad collectors. You always show like go like hey you especially always you know show us pictures of things where you just go mind blown again (laughs) again it's it's wild well with that said you want to see some stuff you want to look at some stuff yeah yeah i do we can sort of i guess we can sort of trade off i'll show something and you can show it um so i will start off with this uh cadbury chocolate from new zealand (laughs) Oh my god. Now this is still in there, which is weird. Um <laughs> So this well, is still Well, how old is it? You don't want This is from 1990. So this is Yeah, you don't want to eat that. Yeah, you don't want to eat this, but I love the art on this. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's cool. beautiful. Yeah, shout out to my friend Nadine if she's in here. She actually mailed me this at one point. So really, No really Nadine. Cool. Yeah, it's really oh, cool. Oh yeah. Um I will show you So the Simpsons were um postage stamps oh yeah Love right that. and we were there was a ceremony and so they gave us a whole sheet of stamps and then i had matt sign mine oh my god that's so great which is i love so the way great. he draws lisa <laughs> i know i know it's so it's so charming it's so it, it has such great texture and this hangs in the in the guest bathroom this oh, that's awesome Picture. I love that. It looks great in the frame. Um, so here is a weird, this is sort of like um, one of the cheaper items. This was sort of like a party favor sort of gift type thing uh, made by a company called Ja Roo. And oh, this yeah. is a stamp set. Oh, that's so great. So you, you know, and it's got like that on the bottom. I don't know if you can see. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and this was actually made in Florida, which is crazy. I emailed this company once and was like, hey, do you guys by any chance have any old promotional things laying around? And they were like, sir, please stop calling us. (laughs) 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 Sir, leave us alone. Yeah, I I, I love this little thing. There's a whole bunch of these. They're really bizarre. I didn't get that. I wish I had. See, you you should have gotten a care package every time. That's that's ridiculous. I would still be using those stamps. Absolutely. I actually still will write a handwritten note. I would, fuck yeah, I'd use the hell out of those things. Well, the next time I find one, it's yours. I'll, I'll, I'll find one for you. Bless your heart. Yeah, um, this, this is a highly coveted item. So this is. Oh my God. A cell. <laughs> it's actually a Saracel. Right. It's um, limited edition. It's a, 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 Gislay, Gislay. G-I-C-L-E-E. How do you say that? G-Slay? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's a process. You know, it's the how they do it. And this is, they made 195 of them. Oh, my God. And um, I love this. It's from the movie, of course. Yeah, of course. Spider-Clay. But it's so, it's so fun. That is so cool. Yeah, I don't really, Saracels are interesting because they, obviously, they look a little nicer than cells because they're like more of almost like an art piece. Right. Um, I saw one online that was like the uh, the intro, like the Broadway style intro. Yeah, they made a Saracel of that too. Which yes, is really I. Cool. I uh, you have one of those? It's that, isn't that the? Um, can you see that? Can oh yeah, you got it right there. Right, the elephants. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, yeah. I gotta track that one of those. Great down. one. I gotta get one. Um, so I grabbed this because I thought you would really like it because they gave Lisa some really weird catchphrases that are not really catchphrases. Yeah, this is a a up? weird a weird UK pin where she just says what a moron. And it's such a horrible expression <laughs> that I feel like it's so off-putting that right. the the phrase along with the expression any little girl who wore that would find herself alone on the playground. It's yeah, why so... yeah, why Lisa? Why not Bart? <laughs> and this is 1990. Right. So again, very old. Like they were just like, yeah, sure, this is something she would say. Sure, she whatever, would, anything. She would. You know, she would say that to Bart. It's funny. Um, once in a blue moon, I could probably count all on one hand the number of times where they've had 
Lisa or Bart, it only seems to happen with our characters really say something that the other one really would say. Right. And then by the time we got to, so at the table, we read it and then you get to the record and you're like, yeah, no, it's better you gave that line to Bart because you <laughs> never say that or vice versa. It almost right. never happens, but, um, once in a great while. Yeah, sometimes. Um, Here's a great cell that I found when I was looking for stuff for show and tell today. So this is from Lisa oh. on Ice. Jeez. And I just love the um, the pearls in action. That I mean, is everything. So, it's so amazing. That so is amazing. so great. I've never, yeah, I've never seen a cell from that. Um, I've never seen one from that sequence. That's that's great. Yeah. Let's see. They also, I'll tell you this, they got a lot of mileage out of Lisa playing the sax on this early merchandise. Yes. Oh, it's, well, so, so much you know, of it. so ubiquitous. And I think I remember hearing that there were three different guys who played the saxophone for Lisa Simpson. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even, I never, never knew that. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Um, so this is a poncho, a Halloween poncho. You can see. Oh my God. And you have Lisa dressed <gasps> up as a witch. And it's actually, it has a, it has two languages. So I actually don't know why that is. How I think it's from Germany, maybe. Or no, it's from Canada. It's I just Canada. So, you know, it's sort of like, um, when you, uh, there are, there are certain foods or cat food, for instance, it right. will have also the, it will say, you know, um, pour le chat. <laughs> It'll be also for Canadian. You're like, really, really? So uh, funny. All right. Yeah. Why so not? Funny. I, I love, I love her nose. This is that a really is great fantastic. Job. Yeah. And 91. that's from an episode, isn't it? Because that, that it looks, looks so similar. It looks or, so similar to something. It's or it's uh, just promote. It was used in like a promotion for a Treehouse of Horror or something. That could be. That could be it too. Yeah. That that's the stuff that gets hazy for me. It's hard to remember because it's like, wait a minute, I've seen this drawing before. Like exactly. But I love that it says Lisa Simpson Masquerade. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so great. Really bizarre. I love it. Piece. Yeah. Um, let's see. I wanted to. Oh, see, this is so sweet. Well, here's speaking of Treehouse of Horror. I don't. This says. Let's see. Oh, there's no. <laughs> so when we get cells. Every year, let's see, it should say on the bottom, although I don't think it happened last year, we um, are given two production cells. And then anything else we want, we have to buy. Mm. So, uh, and usually it comes with, there's one that has, it comes with, so do you see this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? With right. the certificate of authenticity, and it will tell you what show it's from. Mm. But some are missing it. Right. And then you're like, oh, shit, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like this like, one, maybe that. you know, because you're quite well-versed. So I know I'm I'm going to I'm gonna shoot off the hip here. I think that is Treehouse of Horror 11 or 12, but okay. it's like the Harry, it's the Harry Potter parody, I believe. Oh, yeah, right. I can't. You're, you're I, I think it's right another that it's Treehouse of Horror. I just can't remember, and I can't tell from the little scribble at the bottom because, right. of course, I think they thought nobody's going to want these. I'm just going to make a little notation for myself, right? right. These animators. Um, I, I just want to point out that my mother is watching this, and she just wished you a happy birthday. So, oh! um, my mom's name is Cheryl. You want to tell her hello? Cheryl, <laughs> that is so lovely of you. That's that's really that's really sweet. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I got a. I got a. So this I actually bought from Alavadia, who used to be the merchandising president president for Fox. Oh yes. I don't know if you know that name. So yes. this was never. This was never actually made. It was supposed to be a children's jacket. Holy shit! <laughs> Why wouldn't they make that? I have no idea. So this design got used a lot, but this was like a, a sample, yeah. and they never actually. I don't think they ever actually put this in production. There's nothing on the front. It just has like the little sample tag. That's incredible. Yeah, I bought this several years ago. I also bought his cast and crew jacket. Oh, right. The one with the red leather sleeves? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, yeah. this jacket is very special. My wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, bought this for me um, as a bit of a surprise. And I, I freaked Brilliant. Out. Brilliant. <laughs> um, here's a really sweet, I feel like quintessentially Lisa Homer moment. That's great. You know, and this is from the year, from uh, Homer versus Dignity, mm -hmm. the year 2000. It's a great one. Original air date was 11-26-2000. That's so good. I'm going to need a, eventually I'm going to need a full count of how many cells you own because it's. I know. It's a lot. I, is that like a, is that like a stack in your closet? I know when you did that, like your Simpsons closet, that's just a stack of cells. Yes. And Kill so, <laughs> you know, I don't really have, I don't, I don't like, I don't like stuff. I don't, I don't, I, have, I just have this aversion to clutter, but the art is so beautiful. It's beautiful. So if I, really the only thing I've collected are the cells. And as you know, I mean, they're getting quite a bit harder to find, but, oh, um, geez. and it's, and they're spendy. Like there were years where I spent, you know, a few thousand dollars getting more than my, the two that they would give us. And so, um, but I, I don't regret a minute of it. They're really no. just, they're just lovely. They're just beautiful. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it makes a great when people walk into this room. This is the guest room. They're like, oh. Oh, I mean, fantastic. it's just there's so much joy here. You know, the yeah. bright colors and the then and the symmetry and the everything. It's just lovely. It's really yeah. I, lo I love the red frames. If I if I ever got rid of everything and sort of yeah. shifted gears, I think that's one thing I would do is I would collect cells. I think that's a really fun thing to collect. Yeah, it's really great. It is, and they're because they're all different. You know. Yeah. So cool. No. Um, so you might, this is not that crazy. I'm assuming you've seen this one. This was one of the first dolls ever made of Lisa. Oh yeah. Now, does, is that one with the plastic head or, or. Yeah. And she, she blows, and... she blows bubbles. Oh no. So this really? was made by Mattel. This was made by Mattel. Ah. And it's funny because every little side panel of each Bart, Lisa, and Maggie shows the other kid playing with that toy, which is really funny. That is so funny. <laughs> and on the back, it has like the back of her instead of the front. You know what? So I have to say, they they don't invest a lot in Lisa merchandise. Right. I think they feel like Homer and Bart sell much more. Which is unfortunate. Um, I, I always go for the Lisa stuff, but. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know how to, how, how after so many years do you convince them that there is, there's a huge swath of the population on this planet that is devoted to Lisa Simpson. Totally. She's such a good role model, you know, for, um, girls, but also for, uh, males, you know, to be like, yes, that's how, you know, a girl with dignity is, you know, conducts herself in the world. And you just Absolutely. go, everything doesn't have to be slapsticky, slip on a banana, you know, fart jokes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, one thing that is good for though, is that it's made a lot of the Lisa stuff more sought after because it is more rare. Uh, so the Lisa yep. stuff is generally more special and Maggie. Um, yes. And, you know, poor Marge. There's less Marge stuff than anything. So the Marge yeah. stuff is really, you got to get it. And it's usually like aprons and yes. mugs and stuff. It's I like, actually, I, I have a Marge apron. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a few. Which I bought. Great. Of course. Yeah, it's great. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many, how many cells more, how many more cells do you have? Or is that? Oh, it? Uh, I have, here's a really funny, I didn't even know I had this. I have two more. So. First, I'll show you this one. Um, I don't, what is this from? Oh, this is from, <laughs> it's so weird. I, I actually, you know, Mr. Burns, he's a brilliant character, but he's, oh. I really don't like anything he stands for. This is um, oh, sure. two dozen and one greyhounds. And oh my God, oh, yeah. really early, uh, April 9th, 1995. Yeah. This is our second season. Is that true? That can't no, be true. That would, no, Two. that would be that would be season five. Yes. Six? No, season uh, six. Six. So, so the other thing that we do is so it says episode number two F one eight. So it was, it was the eighteenth episode in that season, but two F does not actually refer to anything that any the rest of us can deduce. So yeah, I have a, like a I have like a model sheet, like a what do you call it? A, 
basically shows you how to draw the characters. Yeah. I got it from a guy uh, a little while ago, and it has a pro- it has a episode code, and it actually is for at least a substitute. But I had to Google that to even find out what it was from. Right. Yeah, I, I don't speak. That. It's like some <laughs> sort of you know, I don't know what a Produ- sp- production code as opposed yes. to episode code. Yes. Um, and my, the last uh, thing I have is cell I brought was this because this is sort oh, wow. of how I feel about the world <laughs> these days as the world burns to the ground. So good. <laughs> that's, no, that's a great, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, it's nice to stay home, but yes, uh, I'm a th- homebody, but really this sure. is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I have two more little small ones. I'll just show them back to back and then I'll try to, I know you got to go soon. Yeah. Um, so here's a Lisa Cone. Oh, wow. That was made by Coastrich. I think I'm saying that right. And it kind of looks the same from both sides. Wow. But this, I know there's a Bart one as well. I do not have the Bart one. How do I not have that? I'm going to, I'm just going to start sending you eBay links and I'm going to, I'm going to help you fill out do your Lisa collection. You sent me an eBay link of, uh, I was like, I didn't know there were Frank who plates. And then you're like, Yardley, you signed one. I'm like, I did. So I went on eBay and I bought it. I bought my I own it. signature. On I love that you bought your own signature. <laughs> uh, you know what though? Hey, I'm worth 200 bucks. So hey, honestly, that I think they underpriced that. Uh, they, I, I see autograph stuff go for more than that. That seems really cheap for that. Um, and then well, lastly, maybe again, you know, cause they feel like, well, it's Lisa. <gasps> See, that's, that's great. That's what amazing. is that? This is a little dry erase board. Oh, how charming! Again with the saxophone, little rose art. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's so great. <laughs> how fun! Yeah. I, yeah, I tried to find some of the weirder stuff. Um, you did a brilliant job, Warren. <laughs> I am so impressed by you. Thank you. Thank you. So impressed. Um, so unfortunately, the live is telling me that I have two minutes, which actually works out. I know you've got to go. I didn't get to the fan questions. Oh. Uh, so, so if you would like, I would love to do this again sometime. Yeah. We can, we can ask some more questions. That'd be fun. I'd so, love it. That's awesome. Yardley, I can't say thank you enough. This is, um, huge for me as a big fan of you and also a big fan of Lisa. Um, and I'm just humbled that you wanted to do it and hang out with me. It was, it was a blast. And, um, thanks for everyone watching and, and it was, it was fantastic. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who joined us. And, um, I was so pleased to spend my part of my birthday with you, Warren, and all of the fans. It really, it, um, I'm, like I said, it never gets old that people just really go out of their way to say happy birthday to somebody they've never met. It means the world to me. Well. You know, you're, you're a very sweet person. It's very awesome of you to do this for the fans. And, you know, your, your interactions with the fans is something that is, uh, special to me. You know, you didn't have to hit me back and help me with the raffle and things like that, but that means a lot that you did. And it means a lot that we got to do something like this. So likewise, likewise. Awesome. awesome. Thank well, you. Uh, again, thanks everybody. Um, happy birthday to Yardley. Um, and see you next time. See you next time. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Warren. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.